Peter Hill Explains, where I invite you to join the science teaching conversation with me about... ...to talk about gravitational waves, and possibly the Higgs boson, uh, but uh, the sort of social aspect of them, which is by far the most incredible aspect of gravitational waves. The social aspect is that uh, two a probably about one in a hundred people I know know about mankind's greatest discovery. So, well, I'd say, yeah, really one of the great discoveries, uh, which is of gravitational waves. And um, this must, uh, is truly a fantastic scientific result that we can discover the most important, one of the greatest things, the Higgs boson and gravitational waves. And majority of people, major, absolute majority of people, uh, when you say that, say, well, I have not heard that from my source, you're probably making it up. Which of course is a sheer, a sheer tragedy for them. If you think of how beautiful it is, they're going to spend the next period of time till they hear it officially. And so this may be 10, maybe 20 years of absolute ignorance and they'll be ignorant of the ignorance coming across. And so I, I think this is something which is, is sort of a secondary detection. We've detected something else. And uh, let me sort of theorize a little bit, a bit about it. A lot of people don't live in a world where they actually do first-hand processing of mathematics or science. They live in a world where it is purely um, purely by reputation. So it's, it's like living in a, <coughs> a valley and somehow uh, these camel trains come, come over the top and uh, uh, the, deliver these goods, how the goods come across. Well, I have a friend who's got a good reputation who knows another friend who's been up to the top of the rim and looked over the top. And the creation of a, uh, a reputation-based proxy knowledge. And I, I'm going to s speculate that when you have very small societies and you need to have complete knowledge for it to operate on, that is uh, essentially at a particular point in time you are going to exploit someone, you're going to kill someone for doing something wrong, you're going to put them down, you have to be able to shut them up and say the argument ends, I have all knowledge. Uh, they create a proxy for all knowledge, that is a, a, a reputation proxy. So a lot of people uh, will confuse advanced science with the picture of Einstein or they'll refuse it. So the ultimate proxy uh, knowledge is um, religion. God may be true or not. It's interesting that uh, Thomas Huxley invented agnostic. Agnostic is the correct scientific uh, response to the God question saying that's not a scientific question. I actually only confine myself to scientific questions. And it's this beautiful thing. 
of agnosticism. However, uh, what happens is you say, God has got a big reputation, he knows everything, because he made everything, and he has got a reputation established by sort of a circular argument of reputation, He's there and he's got institutions, reputation, reputation, reputation. Eventually you can learn a fact, a biblical fact, a God fact. <coughs> and this is a very convenient because this sort of, if you imagine, is like a draft of knowledge, like religion is a draft of knowledge. People can't say, this is a draft, you know, I'm booking you under um, such and such, such and such statute. There it is, and you slap it down, and the judge reads the word draft. You can't, you've got to eliminate that. But uh, when Newton came in, he <coughs> made, and gravitational waves and Higgs bosons are the next chapter beyond Newton. And Newton's fundamental thing is, you need no more chapters, because I am only going to, I find no hypothesis, I'm only going to explain how it works, and, and, and from that to create self-consistent equations. And he had his, uh, uh, his um, Newton's Laws, which is sort of a, retrof a hist historical retrofit of what he actually did. But importantly, he took... Um, reputation-based ideas from the Middle Ages and transferred a little way ahead, which allowed sort of factories, sort of the, the, the route of modern science to go. But this sort of people saying, oh, well, let's, let's go back, wind back the dial, sort of wind back the dial, and like getting an old episode of I Love Lucy to work out how the world history Going, they, they dialed back to dial. Now he uh, used some some things which um, are conceptually impossible. So the um, the church had to actually create a paper over conceptual impossibilities with even more conceptual impossibilities. One was the idea of Saint Thomas Aquinas's angel time. That is a master clock. An ability for things to to go from point A to point B at infinite speed. There's no speed of light, infinite speed, uh, and uh, therefore no causality. Therefore, allowing God to come in and intervene uh, th through this complicated thing. Uh, there's also another thing is that they had another problem of uh, we now say bugger it's Aristotle, but Aristotle is sort of embedded in the God view, they're, they're not contradictory, but Aristotle said that the heavens has got a different material to the bottom material, same material. So they came up with a, a, a material which transcended what matter was, and that's mass, sort of another material, and uh, Newton latched onto this. So he, he basically was able to stitch a reputation-based story, and then uh, uh, churches who did education are a reputation-based education system. It comes across <coughs> and uh, uh, they can go with Newton because Newton referred to God. Newton is a saint. 
uh, Newton, there is a story, you know, God made light, blah, 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 Newton, blah, blah, did this, you know, the archangel came down and said that to Mary, so the scientists did this, and so you can, it's just sort of boilerplate science at a time where it was just not quite free of religion, and they've boilerplated it coming across. Now, this means that part of the education of people uh, is that they're educated in reputation thinking, they're not educated in scientific thinking, they're looking at what is the reputation. And you can actually see that when they, the way that they formulate the idea of what is reliable, well you look at the reputation of the source, which is, is slightly different between the, the numerical significance and the evidential significance and the social significance of something to say we and this is what humans do we, we see a pattern and we see significance in it and we communicate our significance and that's all that science is doing science is basically uh, uh, having a conjecture a induction uh, we propose we've got a body of knowledge and that's history that's curated this this is not actually something a, tec a technical person looks at old knowledge curating old knowledge a scientist will look at creating new knowledge and the only way you can create new knowledge is to have a wild hunch imagination and then go through quality control and part of the quality control is the um, I see a pattern but the pattern is a pattern it's out there the only thing that is transportable about the pattern is the significance or the the uh, representation of that pattern. So I have a pattern and I look at the representation and significance of it by asking these questions. Now this, the way that science ta is taught at this point in time, you teach um, not significance but you teach reputation uh, which goes to the reputation narrative and they're really guiding all thousands of students away from science into a reputation, a reputation um, parody of science, uh, the sort of an education version. It's sort of like a a musical version of of something. Sort of like uh, the French Revolution. I, I want to learn about the French Revolution from Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes, you can learn certain aspects and feelings of it, but indeed majority of people didn't sing and dance and, and, and do all these sorts of things. It may have happened to certain things, certain things are true correspondences, but because the reputation system corresponds to some aspects of science, it's only just saying it's a correspondence, it's not actually actual, actual science coming across. So you've got these things like um, angel time, that is that I can be here and I could be in South Australia at in an instance uh, and uh, the causality and, and the way that you think now the the bottom line is that stuffed up thinking is error prone thinking and the correction of errors and the way we correct it for errors is a very efficient way so th this is another thing is that this reputation thinking uh, this aspirational reputation thinking is error-prone, it is really bad, and the way that we correct it allows it to move and 
solve problems but it will only ever be able to move within that sphere and will only ever be able to train people back into that reputation thing. So let's uh, look at, at gravitational waves. Gravitational waves um, in 2015 they heard the first gravitational wave. Heard it, that is uh, you can actually listen to space and we have uh, three giant four kilometer by four kilometer microphones uh, two in the US one in Italy and those three can actually locate where a gravity wave is and an event and they can actually listen to space now obviously if you are going on the reputation stuff and you're talking about people with big reputations and thing you would therefore say oh, reputation I've drawn a square box and there's nothing in space well our version of space the actual science version of space is different from the empty void there's a difference between space and a mathematical conceptual void which you grow on the board now reputation wise of course the person who really didn't believe in gravitational waves was Einstein and he kept on trying to disprove them all the time but Einstein and he also made some critical errors which meant that he missed out on quantum mechanics but he's the grand person of the greatest he is in fact the god of education of, of thought and he's the quint he looks like God he spoke in a funny German accent he was something that you could say if Einstein said it, it has to be true and people have been proving certain aspects of Einstein true along with him but uh, we have the gravitational wave and the idea that um, in space I can actually have an object with um, and there is no, well there is, there is conservation of momentum. The object fl suddenly flies off, off, and what's pushed up backwards is nothing, no matter, it's actually energy stored in a gravitational wave in space. And that E equals mc squared, the energy of that is the mass of that. And, and, and as a result of this, so for instance, the Earth orbiting the Sun is radiating 200 watts, so that's you know enough to cook your chicken or something like that. 200 watts of gravitational energy as it's doing it, and as it's doing it, it's it's uh, gradually um, uh, circling into the Sun. It's radiating into the Sun. This is um, not what's taught at school because school is reputation based and reputation basis means that uh, it is inconvenient what the scientists have done now and discovered this. Now this process is, takes, takes more and more. If you can actually have two black holes, uh, which is the mass of several suns, several meters apart, orbiting at very high speed, and that starts to radiate a huge amount of radiation speed and they are losing energy as they are just coming together closer and together as they come closer they speed up and so you get these chirps so like these bird chirps are, are bird chirps from outer space and 
uh, it's two or three chirps a year for the sensitivity we've built. So we've built, if you like, a very dull microphone. But um, as we open, as we build bigger and bigger ones, the Europeans are building a space one. How about that? Where How am I going to... Um, uh, build a microphone or I'll build a microphone out in space I'll get the most incredible and, and this is what essentially happens is that uh, the Americans do the basic stuff and then the Europeans come along and they with the Europeanness they come across and they build CERN the Americans build all the, the pioneering stuff and at the end of it they build CERN and get the prize or if they're looking at the uh, first instance of time. Now, again, uh, the uh, ability for schools to teach the Big Bang is almost non-existence because um, we are actually inside a giant ping-pong ball. There is, is a series of facts which I can say are scientifically true. Here's the measurements, here's the facts, facts, facts. What is missing? someone with a big reputation to shove it down the education department's face. No, can't be done. So, you just, I, I idiocy, the most incredible, incredible uh, function here. So, uh, you, the space is full of these chirps and uh, hearing these chirps all the time. And by listening to them, as you can hear a species of bird, they can hear the species of what's going on. And in certain circumstances, now they've heard that is that sounds exactly like two neutron stars colliding from that galaxy over there. So all the world's telescopes, which are connected by internet, swing to this galaxy. The space, the Hubble Space Telescope says, "Red alert! Sorry, you know, whatever you are, we're not doing it." And the gyros. And within seconds, all the world's telescopes move because the scientists have produced the World Wide Web. Of course, everyone's looking at the internet, but they haven't looked at the fact that, that CERN and these big things are producing all this advanced technology. They haven't really worked out that I'm holding a, a mobile phone, and the mobile phone is operating on changing the shape of electrons within the silicon crystals and that the electrons are not points, and they've got nothing to do with the way that I've taught at school. So I'm holding a phone and using all these technologies and lasers I'm speaking. When I'm speaking to you, you're hearing me from a, a, a pile of silicon in a, a US server, which is going out and tickling a laser and sending the laser pulses down around the world for you to hear. Oh my God, there's a little uh, jet. I just, this, this, this place where I'm saying is just going to go to poo. They're going to build an airport around here. It's just going to be a disaster. Uh, so you've got this uh, this coming here. Now, uh, so uh, this information is out here. It's, you're saying, well, how can this be? Is there going to be any stop? No, there is no stop. We're teaching uh, in schools stuff that was disproven. In 1920, we've disproved the fundamental aspect of what's been taught in schools in 1920, and it's pretty amazing that, that it keeps on going across. 
it will possibly be two or three hundred years at this rate before schools get to actually teach what's an actual fact happening. Now, some, imp some important aspects of it. So gravity waves can uh, transmit energy, angular momentum, and momentum. Same light can light produces um, produces um, transmits energy, momentum, and angular momentum. In fact, angular momentum is is the quintessential uh, stuff that that we're in a universe with a a zero rotation. So everything I see there is. The rotation has got an absolute origin. It's an absolute frame of reference for rotation, and that that leads to superposition of two universes on each other. Spin, spin up, spin down, and that the fundamental particles that I have are SU two symmetry. So your electron is and your proton is not like what your teacher draws on the board because what your teacher draws on the board or holds in the hand is an SU3 object that is um, they can actually put a mark on it and they can spin it around 360 degrees uh, but the actual objects of that occupy all of science are SU2 symmetry and they have to rotate 720 degrees to go around that being said, uh, we have these things that things do not orbit forever. They do radiate out energy as they orbit, gravitational wave energy, and go down. So um, the uh, um, you know, thousands of times of the universe, age of the universe, before the Earth orbits into the sun. But if the Earth was um, just only a few meters away from the sun, it was compressed degenerate matter. So how can you get degenerate matter? How can that be? What's going on? Well, degenerate matter is just the wave functions of everything coming on top. You, 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 like you can't talk about what a, a black hole is, or you can't talk about what a, a, a white dwarf is without doing quite, you know, your fundamental quantum mechanics of what's going on. But if if, if these were much bigger, they would be radiating out. In fact, the uh, <coughs> the radiation just goes ballistic, and so some of these mergers um, radiate three mole, uh, three solar masses in a second of energy. So we've the amount of energy given the entire lifetime of the sun would possibly be 0.1% of the mass. So the, these events are incredibly bright gravitationally, much brighter, so they outshine the combined energy of the entire universe when they go, and it, it goes through and it spreads and we can hear it. Now, besides uh, things in space appearing to slow down, or that they stop spinning and radiating out and accelerating with respect to each other. It's the mutual interaction between things. So with one thing with respect, uh, accelerates with respect to another, that uh, causes the space to radiate. And this is all part of things not happening instantaneously. However, there's another factor, I'm just reading in, that 
that you can have um, linear momentum, and that is when a black hole coalesces, it doesn't sit where it is. Some the radiate the gravitational wave is um, asymmetric and taking away energy and momentum, and you can actually uh, have a black hole ping out of a galaxy. That is, it's rotating, coming down, and the way it coalesces, it it takes up energy and it actually pushes against space and fires out of a galaxy. Uh, and you can have a core of a galaxy been ejected uh, by a jet of gravitational waves in one direction and a black hole, hole in the other. And we are beginning to observe it. This type of stuff is quintessentially a step away, a step outside the reputation process. So scholasticism is the idea of if I apply reputation to a process and I put my faith, if I put my faith in reputation, I can go a very long way. And to a certain extent, the court system leads on reputation. We, we do all branding, all branding, um, reputation or personality is reputation you know you have a complete idiot who says stupid things urinates on stage blah blah and they write write something down it might be a correct scientific equation but they don't have reputation so with the social it's built in it's a very powerful useful proxy for whether something is right or right or wrong we can see have has has historically done that. This is why we do all human behaviour. It's, it's just really built in. However, it's just not good enough. It doesn't cut the mustard in terms of um, being more advanced to come up with the next thing. So you have these beautiful things, gravitational waves. Google them. Uh, I'm going through it's, it's the oscillating quadrupole moment. Uh, and I'm just trying to get my mind around the different types of three, rather than two types, there's three different types of of polarisation. It's just to really go and get you. Now, on one aspect of it, we've seen that uh, a gravitational wave has mass. It has energy, it has mass, uh, and to try, try and work, work your way through that. And it can take away linear momentum. So... Uh, I can actually have a, a three kilogram weight and it can just, without ejecting any material, can actually push against space very suddenly and start to shoot, shoot forward. So, so much so it can actually build up a speed which can escape the galaxy. So pretty amazing, uh, uh, amazing story. On the flip side of this, we have the Higgs boson, the scalar field. So, space is nothing but um, a highly, it, it's not a mathematical void. It's got electrical springiness, it's got gravitational springiness, it's got magnetic springiness, and it also has a Higgs field. That is, that throughout the space, a box of space. 
at any point there is a Higgs particles in it. And those Higgs particles are not um, at a zero energy. Well, they are the lowest energy, but the lowest energy means that they're orbiting in a Mexican hat space. I'm going to have to go back and read it. The, the important aspect of that means that space, as metal is a, magne as, is a medium for electrons, a superconducting um, metal is a medium for um, infinite passage of electrons. So if I have a superconductor and I have an electron, I, I throw that electron at it, it, that electron will travel forever within that medium. There's no resistance. Similarly, ma our space is superconducting for mass. So not only will... Um, a, a catastrophic event eject something with well, it is Newton's laws, but there is no other mass on the other side side producing. Not only that, it will actually go forever superconducting in through the Higgs field, and uh, so that's that's an important thing to get. I'm really trying to get my head around uh, what hypercharge hypercharge is to do with mass and how that relates in. So there's a, a, a lot uh, uh, coming in. Uh, I suppose the important aspect of it is again uh, 2012. So in our past decade we have seen the greatest science ever. We've seen the Higgs, Higgs boson in 2012 and the gravitational wave in 2015 and I thought quite honestly when I was going through I thought sort of your sense of life you, you think what point will we get to and to me driverless cars they're going to happen at a certain point technology it's just a matter of time between before a car can drive better than a human and then there is no ethical reason for a human to drive a car because it they take more fuel, they have a greater risk, um, they are more expensive, uh, i.e. a car which doesn't require a learn, it's, it's just, it will eventually happen. The technology behind it, whether it happens this year or in 50 years time, it's, it's sort of, there's nothing about it. But these tasks of uh, finding gravitational waves and stuff these are really really big things but um, it's as though everyone has been anaesthetized such that around me that no one really really cares and worries about it yet we have these things we have these beautiful things these beautiful um, ice cream cones going above and below of, of, of uh, gamma rays from black holes the black holes themselves not only have we we've imaged black holes, we've actually taken photographs of them, we're getting just so much information about them. But but more than that, we're we're seeing all all this and so there's this sort of contradiction. Um, we're having perhaps the phenomena that we are now having discovered so much in the last ten years, we now need to address the truly amazing phenomena 
of of ingrained ignorance and uh, we we see it that for all this we've discovered the coronavirus comes along and we are helpless against it. We the um, the coronavirus is killing us, but also ignorance of science is killing us, or ignorance of science by the general population is, is seeing us. Thanks a lot for listening, and that's 32 minutes. Thanks a lot. another story comes to a close. It's been a pleasure sharing this moment in time with you. May you discover truly amazing things, understand them and tell others. Thanks for listening.